Ah, hell, let's get to a botherinos. I'm good and bothered. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Tyra Vera. Should I say bothered by Tyra Vera because I'm going through a goddamn gay panic over here. I swear it is a gay panic over here. I feel hoodwinked. I feel bamboozled. I feel run amuck. I feel misled. I feel hoodwinked, cornswoggled. Any other term you can come up with. I feel it right now. Any term for uh, being, I just got misled. You know, I just, I commented or I, I post, uh, posted a status about it on Facebook because I uh, was just, you know, watching my porn like a good Christian. Uh, I am away from my, my better half right now. When I say better half, I mean my better half. Mr. Christopher is the best boyfriend in the world. And last week was a little bit of a love letter to him just by accident. I didn't plan it that way. I just ended up, I end up more in love with him every day and every week and every month. And it just keeps multiplying. And you, when I think that I can't love him anymore, then I'm just, I love him even more. But here's my thing. I'm away from my man right now. He is in Phoenix, and I am in New Mexico. I'm doing the Brewery Comedy Tour again, uh, another run on the Brewery Comedy Tour. The way it's turned out has been... I know Chris Storen is going to make fun of me because I just messed up Brewery Comedy Tour. Uh, But the way it's worked out on this run ended up being a little more daunting than it was originally supposed to be, but I'm fine with that, and I... I didn't necessarily request it, but I definitely did accept it. It was my choice. The guy that sends us out, his name is Ron. Uh, Ron is our guy when it comes to the Brewery Comedy Tour. I've talked about him before. We're going to get back to my gay panic. Don't worry. But I just need to set all this up and let you know exactly what happened and how it happened and where it happened and why it was necessary. And Well, I don't know that that shit was necessary, but... I'm still going to tell you the motherfucking story. I know that. I know you're going to hear this motherfucking story right now. So um, what happened was Ron, the guy that handles all this stuff, which shout out to Ron because uh, I really do respect Ron because he has to put these together for us to make it there. He has to make sure that we get paid what we're supposed to get paid. He has to make sure that our hotel rooms are set. You know, we have places like everything. He just he handles everything and he has to take care of it and he's always on it. And I will say that. I'm never disappointed in that part. Uh, sometimes I'm a little bit a little bit exhausted from the travel, but at the same time, like I would rather be traveling doing what I love to do than at home twiddling my thumbs waiting for Christopher to get back from work. And I absolutely love Christopher, and one day I want to make it so I'm able to take him on the road with me. Me, him, and Bijou can go everywhere as a family, but for right now, while that's not possible, these bills got to get paid. 
You guys listen. You know we just got a new place. So you think there ain't bills. You know how it is when you first move move into a new place. They charge you extra for everything because everything needs a connection fee and an activation fee. And it's like, come on now. Can you stop charging me this extra 50, 70, 100 bucks trying to charge me shit? Luckily... I got my credit together after all those years, and now I don't uh, have to pay deposits for everything, you know, because that sucks. I've seen people really get put in tough positions because of those deposits. You know, Electric Company alone was like $300 if you, uh, if they, if you don't pass their credit check. It's 300 bucks extra for your deposit on your electricity. So, you know... Uh, I'm I'm glad to be out working, and I've been working in every capacity. On these runs, only headlining, but then Steve Trevino hit me up, like I said, uh, that week to do San Francisco, and I featured for him, and wherever it is, if I'm able to make some money off of it, if I'm able to make some connections, if I'm able to make some fans, I'm going to be doing it, and that's just what it is. So uh, the reason this one turned out to be more daunting, though, was we were supposed to do, like, Boulder, Colorado, well, uh, I think it was Arveda, Colorado is was the first stop we were supposed to do. Um, or it might have been a different small town. Oh, it was Boulder, Colorado, and then we were supposed to do Palisade. And, um, you know, so it went Boulder, Palisade. Palisade was really cool. Boulder could have been cool, and the audience in Boulder was really cool. But... Uh, I'm out with Chris Gillespie right now, for anybody that's wondering. There's a comedian by the name of Chris Gillespie from Phoenix, and he's a funny guy. He's getting ready to move back to Mississippi, so if you guys are in either of those places, check him uh, Check him out on Facebook, add him, whatever you can do. It's uh, On Facebook, it's Krangus, K-R-A-N-G-U-S, Krangus Gillespie. And, you know... We're out on this run, and the first night, the the bar, the brewery did nothing to promote it. And they had us in this auxiliary room, which is really great, you know, when you get to be off in a side room, because then the people that come for the show are definitely for the show. It turned out to be like 12 people, which, you know, ideally you want to have a better crowd than that. But, you know, it's 12 people, and they were fun, and... It really could have been a lot better, though. I know it if the venue had just put posters around so people knew that there was a comedy show coming up. Like, we did a winery the next night in Palisade. I think it was called La Mesa or Mesa Winery and in Palisade, Colorado, and it was so fun, and it was like, you know, 70-some people showed up, and the lady was like, uh, the lady that owned the winery was like, all we did was put up this sign right here, and immediately people started buying tickets. And they had a small, regular page size sign that just said, comedy show or comedy at the vineyard. And people were just buying tickets. And so it turned out to be an audience of 70-some people. They were really great. It was really fun. It was outdoors, which sometimes can be a nightmare. But I'll tell you, it was like performing on a postcard because it was such a nice, like you're in Colorado, which is beautiful to begin with. And then you're at a winery and it it just, you know, it was great. And so we had those two gigs and then we were going to have a day off was the way that it was supposed to go. But I don't really see the point in being away from my boyfriend and my dog if I'm going to have a day off. You know, it's like if I'm going to take a day 
day off, then I want to be at home. But outside of that, I don't uh, I don't want days off. I'd rather just keep working all the way through. And so Ron was like, well, actually, I have a gig that you can do if you want to, but I don't know if you're going to want to because it is in Arkansas. It is in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And, you know, I looked at it on the map and figured out what we had to do. And I asked Chris if he was down to do it. And Chris was like, well, you know, I'm down to do whatever you say we're going to do. So you let me know. He was like, I don't care either way. And so that's the kind of attitude I need on the road with me. So right away, I was just like, all right, then let's take it. So that was going to add another 15-hour drive to what we had to do. But uh, Chris was down for it, and we made that drive. So, you know, it was 15 hours. We had to leave right from the the winery gig. We just jumped in the car after we were done breaking down and, you know, settling up with them. We would jump back in the car, and then we drove to Fort Smith, Arkansas. That show was on Monday, which, you know... A show on a Monday, you're not expecting too much, but it was on the base, you know, it was Fort Smith, and it was so much fun, and it turned out to be, I think, 25 people ended up showing up, but you know, when you have 25 people that have paid to be a show, be at a show, because some people buy tickets online, some people buy tickets at the door, and people have paid to be in that show, and the thing I got to say about these breweries and the way that, uh, and wineries and the way that Ron sets it up, is that if you're going to be in the show, you got to pay, which is the best way for an actual comedy show, and I'm not slamming anybody that does open mics or anybody that puts on open mics, because I love working out new stuff at open mics, but you know at open mics, you can't charge people or you don't charge people, and so you have a lot of people there that that just fell in or don't necessarily want to be there. And so they'll talk through the show and they're not invested in any way. When you're actually at a, in a venue where everybody's paid to be there, then it is a situation where if anybody's being disruptive or anything like that, the audience is going to be a lot more involved in trying to help you get that resolved because the audience feels like, oh, no, we paid to be at this show. You're not ruining this for us. You're not making my ticket money a waste. And so, you know, 25 paid people and they were fun and they were great and they were ready for it. And it was so much fun, like so much fun in Fort Smith. And they like the venue was so nice to us. And that's been like, like I said, the first venue really didn't do anything to help promote and stuff like that. And that's not ideal, but whatever. But as far as the winery and the pub at Fort Smith, so great, so great. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to them for actually working with us like that. And they made sure that we had everything we needed as far as lights, that we were comfortable, anything we wanted as far as drinks and stuff like that. You know, my deal, I'm not drinking, so, I, you know, I'm good on everything. I'm not even eating. I started doing keto, um, and I'm doing it to the best of my ability right now. By the way, it was Mesa Park Vineyard in Palisade, Colorado. If anybody ever wants to go check them out, you definitely should. And Rio Bravo Brewing, or I forget the name of the one. Oh, the Fort Smith Brewing Company, I believe was what it was. Yeah, the Fort Smith Brewing Company was 
the one that was uh, super fun. We'll get to Rio Bravo in a second because that's the one we just did last night. But yeah, it, it's really helpful when the venue is is willing to help you out and willing to make sure that you're wants you to be comfortable and have everything it is you need. And I don't need anything, but it really is nice when people offer everything. It's great. So then we do that, uh, and then we had to make our way back over to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I want to say that was 10 hours from Fort Smith or nine hours and change from Fort Smith. And so we got to go back to the hotel room, take a rest, you know, go, well, we got a, you know, like five, six hours sleep, something like that. Um, Cause you know, we stayed in Tulsa just because that was on the way out there, and we thought, okay, we can stop in Tulsa. And technically, at an hour, it was an hour and a half out of the way once we're headed back to um, New Mexico. But it was worth it, just the way that it had to work out, and we were tired of being in the car. And we were originally going to stop in Wichita, because I have some family there, and we were going to stop in Wichita. But I decided I don't want to stop in Wichita, because I would rather be closer to the venue than figure it out from there. So... We got that all figured out. Then we came here to uh, Albuquerque, and I haven't had alone time. You know, me and Chris Gillespie have been sharing rooms. And, you know, I got to tell you, uh, Chris Gillespie is one person that I'm not trying to jinx it right now, but this run is going really well, and it gives me faith in the fact that some people have just really been fucking up, you know, which I knew, but at the same time, sometimes you get like, is it me? Is it, is it me? And believe me, I've got my quirks. I have no problem admitting that, but it's like, is it, and, but it's so great that like, is, you know, and there are little frustrations here and there that happen for both of us just being on the road, you know, because it's ridiculous amounts of driving. Like I told you, I think it was, 12 hours, 13 hours for us to get to Colorado initially. So 13 hours, and then that was to get to the first gig. Then there was four hours to the next one. Then there was 15 hours to the next one. Then there was nine hours to the next one. There's a lot of time of being in the car together. And, you know, I make it a point to get to the gym in every city, which I also think think helps, you know, because you relieve stress and you're not walking around, like, bottled up. You're just like, okay, I'm going to go work this out really quick, you go to the gym, so, you know, but it's been really good so far, and it's, you know, really chill, and Chris doesn't mind going to the gym either, which isn't a requirement of mine, like anybody that I'd be on the road with that isn't in the mood to go to the gym, I just ask them politely if they could drop me off, and then they can do whatever it is they want to do, I'm not going to force people to do what it is I want to do, but yeah, so, you know, that everything's been great as far as that goes. But w- what I was trying to get to is we've been sharing rooms. So I finally had some alone time, let's say. And I am, when I'm at home in Arizona, I very rarely watch porn nowadays. Which I'm going to tell you, ladies, if you're in a relationship and your man watches porn, because I've seen so many women, and I'm not trying to tell you how to run your relationship, but I am just going to help you out real quick. Because I've seen so many women 
get upset with their boyfriends and husbands for watching porn and they treat it like cheating and whatever else. And it's like, no, that's a very healthy way for your man to get a little bit of fantasy time in, be in his head. Nobody tells you shit when you're reading Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever the fuck you're reading. We know those novels are your little jerk-off material, but ain't nobody telling you shit about that. And you do that in public. You do that wherever you at. But, uh... You know, and it just men are different. Men are more visual, and I don't think there's a single man out there that isn't some kind of SJW hipster that probably doesn't fuck right anyway. No offense, but ladies, you know, some of these men don't fuck right, and it's because they're too busy trying to be sensitive, which sensitivity can be a good thing. But also, to a certain degree, it's like sometimes you just want a guy to be a guy. And I say this from my perspective, you know, being a guy that dates guys. And sometimes I'm like, you know, Christopher is very sweet with me and stuff like that, which I very much appreciate. And he knows where it's at. Like, this isn't something that's news to him. And it's it works out perfectly. It's not anything I've ever had to discuss with him because it just is what it is. Um, he's just naturally what I like, but you know, he's very gen- gentle with me in a lot of ways, but there are certain times where he's not gentle at all. And he's not, um, he's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, you know, every once in a while, if you, and like when I'm away, I'm not tripping on him. I don't even ask if he watches porn or whatever he does, what he does. Um, you know, as long as we ain't fucking other people, that's all we're worried about. Not fucking other people, not talking to other people. We ain't having no problems. And that's the way I think more people need to be in order to be happy. Let your man have a fantasy every once in a while. It don't gotta be all about you, bitch. It don't. That's all I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna help you out a little bit. It don't gotta be all about you all the time. It just don't. Yeah, when it comes to one-on-one, live and in person, the real deal, holy field. Yes, it should be about you. But when it comes to fantasy, let the man have his own thoughts. Please let the man have his own thoughts. But anyway, so uh, I, I'm hanging out. I go on Tumblr because, you know, there's a couple uh, Tumblrs that I can uh, enjoy every once in a while. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my language because I'm trying not to be too graphic. And really, I don't fucking care. I'm just trying not to be graphic, too graphic for your guys' sake and have you be like, well, sheesh, Ty. But yeah, and I, I'm not like Tumblr. The only thing I pay attention to Tumblr for is porn. Like there's an option on Tumblr where you can block out certain posts and any post that is not porn from one of the, you know, or sometimes there'll be a suggested that'll work out. But any post that is not porn, I click on the button that X's it out, and then it asks you, is this inappropriate or this post sucks? And I just put this post sucks every time I click the this post sucks. Because I'm just like, I don't know if you get it, Tumblr, but I'm not worried about inspirational quotes. I'm not worried about anything political. When I'm on Tumblr, I got a mission. I save all that other shit for Facebook, which I really haven't been on Facebook that much lately. I'll tell you guys about that in a little bit. But, yeah, Facebook just isn't 
it's it's fun, like, you know, to once in a while update something or have a quick conversation. But Facebook continues to prove that it's not anything, you know, like it's not it's not worth it. Nothing grows from Facebook anymore. There's no, and I did used to have some good conversations on there. So when people are like, you know, Facebook has always been trash. It's like, no, actually you used to be able to have some decent conversations on Facebook, but now everybody's so far up their own asses that it's, it's really not fun and you can't have good conversation. It's just like, oh, what, you just want everybody around you to agree? Okay, cool. Well, then I'll save my conversation for real life where people actually know how to discuss things like adults and don't get their feelings hurt and feel like they have to say all sorts of, uh, you know, because people try all sorts of personal attacks when it's like, I'm talking about comedy or I'm talking about this subject. I'm talking about this right now. I'm not talking about me and you. Like, I can see you. I know you're ugly. So it's not something that I have to remind you about right now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's so anyway, so I'm on Tumblr and I find this, this clip, you know, not searching, just scrolling. And I see this clip and now it's a lot of close-ups. Like at first it shows a guy on top of a guy and they're obviously handling their business missionary. And for a long time, straight people didn't think gay people could do missionary. I don't know why, but they were doing a missionary. People always thought it just had to be doggy style, but they were doing missionary. And the, the guy on the bottom, you know, was cute, a cute, uh, smaller guy. But definitely cute tattoo on the chest. And yes, you could see his full chest, you know, nice little muscular chest. And uh, he would fit in the twink category. But not like the, like, probably the 25 to 30 twink category. So not like, you know, the barely legal, as they call it, or whatever. I'm trying to paint an actual picture for you guys. And so, you know, a dude. And so I was like, all right, this works. And so I'm watching, and then there's a lot of close-up shots, which you know the close-up shots are usually of, like, what's the um, the politically correct term? Uh, cock and hole. <laughs> I don't know what you would say, but that clearly told you right there. So, uh, you know, it's showing the up-close penetration shot and so I noticed I was like you know that looks kind of like kind of a loose booty hole you know and then but they're just staying really tight on it no pun intended but they're staying really tight with the shot and I'm just like you know that's but you know watching gay porn you see all sorts of holes it's just like vaginas you know like there's different different levels of abuse and use will give different results or different aesthetics let's say so you know same with gay like when you're looking at people get fucked in their assholes and so and bothering us obviously this is an explicit one but it's not meant to be it's just I'm just talking like an adult. And so, um, so yeah, I'm like, okay, well, this is, you know, but it was still sexy. It was still a sexy uh, shot, no pun intended again, but it was a sexy shot. And so, 
everything goes down the way it's supposed to go down on this end over here. And then the, the porno, the, the clip is wrapping up as well. And it shows like it pulls, pulls out, no pun intended again. But, uh, well, and at that point, the guy did pull out, too, when the shot panned out. Then uh, the guy pulled out, and all of a sudden, he moves completely off of the other man, the bottom. And the bottom is still laying missionary style, and only to reveal that it's a trans man. And he had been getting fucked vaginally. And so that's why it didn't look. And you saw the little, you know, uh, the when the clit grows out, it's, uh, I forget what they call it exactly. But some people I know call it a micro penis or uh, a baby dick. That's what some people have called it. Uh, but, you know, it's when the clit grows out from the hormones, the testosterone. And... I felt so cheated and in such, like, and not really a gay panic, you know, but I did feel like, hey, that's not what I was here for. And had I never seen that last part of the scene, I guess it would have been fine. But I did feel a bit, a bit of lit, a little bit misled. And I was like, what's going on here, Tumblr? Are you trying to fool me into being straight? Because... This is not what I showed up for, you know, but takes all kinds. So what am I going to say? I can tell you it's not going to be my new thing, though. And I've seen that kind of porn before, like with Buck Angel. But I think it's just so much different when you're not ready for it. And then all of a sudden it's just sprung on you and you're like, all right, well, then that just happened. So I just I just saw that. And yeah, um, I I don't know. You know, I'm. I'm so middle of the road on everything when it comes to what other people do. It's one of the reasons that I um, have really decided to change course on the way that I'm doing things. I've talked about it a bit on Facebook, which I guess now is a good time to talk about that. You know, I'm just tired of holding on to being upset about stuff that I really don't care about and people that I really don't care about. There are things that bother me. There are things that offend me, but... I usually just keep it to myself. The big thing, though, is I just am not holding on to that shit anymore because I don't want it to negatively affect my health and my mood and my attitude. And sometimes it eats up time that I could be spending with Christopher or time that I could be watching Bij Walking Bijou or time that I could be recording a YouTube clip, youtube.com slash Ty Rivera, or time that I could be recording and doing the artwork for Unbothered by Ty Rivera. There's so many things that I could be doing instead of being upset with people that one day won't matter in my life at all. And one of the things that really triggered this change for me was that I thought about some of the, the feuds that I've had in even the last year, you know, take since... 2018 started and 
I had to remember details about them, you know, or like not had to, but it was going to be like if I wanted to tell certain stories or brush people up on certain things, then I had to remember the details. And there were so few details that I could remember that I was just like, I really must not care about this that much because it's not stuck in my brain or maybe God has decided for me that I'm not supposed to care about this. But whatever it is, I don't care. I don't care even a little bit. And I don't want to force myself to remember these general situations. Because I remember generally, you know, I remember, oh, this person did something like, or they said something like, or it turned into. And it's, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to still have opinions. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to still say when something bothers me. I just had one yesterday right after I made the announcement, and it was based on comedy. And it really was, like, this is why I say Facebook has turned into almost not worth even doing, because yesterday... Uh, my friend Chris Coutreau, who isn't like my bestie or anything, but he's, uh, you know, I consider him a friend. He runs shows in L.A. He has the Crispy Comedy Show, and it's at uh, Universal Bar and Grill. And then there's there used to be Turbo Tuesdays. I don't know if they still do Turbo Tuesdays, but that was Mikey McKernan. And those two guys... I got to say, there. when you run an open mic, especially long-term and an open mic that runs most of the night, I consider you to be in the realm of saint when it comes to comedy. Not in general, but when it comes to comedy, yes, I consider you to be in the realm of saint. Because I ran an open mic for a couple months, you know, maybe six, nine months, something like that. I ran an open mic at the Liquid Zoo. I used to refer to myself as an official zookeeper, but it was a rough bar. There were prostitutes and pimps there. It's not the same anymore. It's in Van Nuys, California, Sepulveda and what is that? Is it Sepulveda and Sherman Way? Anyway, look it up. Uh, look it up. Uh, but it, so it's I know what it's like to run an open mic and I was able to run it for that time. I was also going on the road a bit, so I wasn't there every week for it. But it's so difficult because you have to be there all night you listen to way more comedy than you want to hear. Uh, it's an open mic, so a lot of it is bad. Even the people that are good are sometimes bad because they're working on new material. And that's what open mic is for. And your job is to sit there and let it all go down. Watch it happen. That's that's what it is when it comes to open mics. And so, you know, you don't have to watch it all. You can go have a cigarette every once in a while, but you have to stay alert because sometimes people leave stage early and you also have to light people. And then some people try to run the light, you know, which means go long. And then you have to, like, clap them off or you have to let the, like, sometimes wait it out and see, like, okay, am I being an asshole if I just cut them off right now or can I cut them off and me I usually will cut them off I'm like yeah you're done now and but you know I will let them I'm a comic so I'll let them do 30 seconds to a minute but once you start getting that minute and a half yeah I'm clapping you the fuck off stage you're done and that's all there is to it and I don't give a fuck who you are or who you think you are you're done everybody gets five minutes the way it's supposed to work and you're lucky I was that generous with you with you and let you get to close to a minute and a half because really once that minute hits you know like you're a minute over then I'm done with you because I light you a minute before. 
So now you've gone two minutes over, which any good comic will tell you that if you're doing bits, a lot of times bits will last 30 seconds. 30 seconds, you'd be surprised the way, like, if you ever want to time a comic's bit, like, you know, unless they're doing story time, like, you know, Bill Cosby used to do, and getting you drunk and roofing and raping you, then uh, it's not the same thing. Then it obviously takes longer and you lose a lot of time. But when we're talking just straight up, Comics being comics, bits. Those, in a lot of cases, if you time them, will be 30 seconds, 30 to 45. So if you go two minutes, you're now two minutes past when I warned you, you're just done, you know? And so my thing is, these guys, and if they like drinking, all the better, because you got to be drunk to handle this shit. And I used to do it sober. You know, I very rarely used to drink. Sometimes that was back in my smoking days. So I would get high. I'd go smoke a cigarette or whatever. But I had to, you know, basically be sober the entire time. Because I've never been like a huge all-the-time drinker. Especially if I had to be on and off stage. So, you know, and, and Chris books his show. So Chris put up a post saying like, you know... Just that he notices the like the women the women complain about not getting spots, which there are a lot of those um, posts, you know, about women where women do complain, women in comedy complain that shows don't have enough women on them. But then uh, he was like, but then when uh, you get booked, when women get booked and you start noticing a pattern where they're, and I'm, of course, paraphrasing, where they're not showing up for spots or they uh, won't return messages after a while and that kind of shit, he was like, then it starts to get like, okay, well, I think about that next time you're complaining, which he wasn't saying he was, wasn't going to book women and he didn't say that all women were this way, but he was just saying when you're thinking about, when you're doing that, you know, complaining about that also kind of check for that and also check your friends for that was the way I took it. You know, like, remember that it's not just that the world hates you and isn't being cool with you. It's that in some cases you're not necessarily showing up. So that's the way I took it. And then women are like, well, I think it's important for us not to put a gender on this and whatever, whatever. And it's like, okay, I get it. You know, like, but I was just like, you know, I jumped on the thread because I read some of the comments and there was this guy, I can't even remember his name. I think it was Jimmy, um, but I could be wrong. It was something like with uh, IE at the end instead of a Y like regular. I think he felt maybe like he was being an individual like that, but it makes him even less memorable. Uh, you know, like if you're not good at anything and there's nothing special about you, don't try to change your name to make that your claim to fame because that just makes you even more unmemorable. So, uh, yeah, he, he was chiming in and at first I read his comment and I was like, whatever, you know, and he was just trying to make it seem like Chris Putro might be doing something to make women uncomfortable, like hitting them up at 2 a.m. or something like that, which if you're booty calling people or that kind of thing, sending like a you up message at 2 a.m. to people on Facebook, that's one thing. But I will tell you as a man in comedy, like we all get uh, 
messages at whatever time we get them. Like it's like I get messages at two or three in the morning all the time, four in the morning. People will sometimes just notice the little green light on that says that I'm on Facebook and then they'll hit me up and be like, hey, I got a show. Do you want to be on it? And so like that's the way comedy works because comics a lot of times are up odd hours because they just got through doing spots and they're winding down from the night. It's just like you when you finish your job, no matter what time you get off work, you know, whether it's like evening, afternoon or whatever, you're not going to go right to sleep, usually right after work, unless you have an early, early shift the next day. But, um, you know, after working late at, that night, but like you, you know that a lot of times you need a little bit of time to wind down. So, that's what comics are a lot of times doing, you know, winding down and you'll legit get booked and they're not being creeps. They're not being weird. Sometimes I have conversations with comics that we don't see each other all the time out or we're not best of friends or anything, but we're both up at late hours and somebody will like something or that kind of thing on Facebook. And then all of a sudden you'll just end up talking. So, you know, this guy is trying to make it seem like Chris is maybe a creep, which nobody on the thread and no woman on that thread, even the women that don't agree with him aren't saying or suggesting that he's being a creep and that's the reason they don't show up. Now, he runs the Crispy Show, which is, uh, or Crispy Comedy. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember the names of most of these shows. But, uh, and I've done it several times and I've been to it several times, like, just to hang out. And it's one of these that starts at, like, 10 o'clock, I think, and then just goes until there aren't comics anymore. And he does book it, but he just books a shitload of comics and then comics will show up and sign up and it'll turn into an open mic and the the nature of that room is like an open mic anyway because they don't charge for you to get into universal bar and grill and it's but it's good it's it's a good place to go work out and it's a great option to at the end of the night slide in so when people complain about rooms like that i'm like no you're just not using it for what it's for because that was the other thing the the guy chimed in later again that same jimmy guy or whatever he chimes in again later and he's like saying that he heard it was a shit show and that it runs all night and you just have to hang out. And it's like, yeah, that's the way a lot of the last spots of the nights are going to be in L.A. No matter how fun they are, how good they are, the last spot of the night in L.A. is usually one where they'll allow everybody to get up. And, yeah, it turns into, like, a long night. But if you're really working on stuff, you are very appreciative as a comic for those spots. Like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, when they... I don't know if they still do Boys Club at uh, Next Stage. I don't think so because I never see advertisements but I haven't been in LA for a year but when they were doing boys club at next stage they used to go until everybody was done so if that meant they were there till 2 30 or close to 3 they were there till 2 30 or close to 3 and that meant a long night for them and a long night for us and yeah they would drink while they would do it but it was to keep it fun for them because they're just giving up their time in a lot of cases not being paid i think boys club did make money because it was popular and they were you know uh there was a tip bucket and i know i used to tip regularly and plenty of people used to tip because we all appreciated them so much so to have this guy making it seem like you know this was supposed to be like accommodating to men or women, anybody. Like if you're really being a comic, you got to drop a lot of that shit. Like gender, sexual orientation, sexual identification, any of that shit, you got to drop that shit. You got to just be a comic and you got to stop trying to cape for people that don't give a fuck.
fuck about their own careers. Now, a lot of times I've noticed when women are like, not enough women get on these shows. It's like, bitch, you mean you. And the reason you don't get on those shows is because you're not anywhere. And this isn't an insult. It's just the way comedy works. When you don't show up, when you don't go up, when people don't see you at places, you just don't get booked. Nobody's looking to knock on your fucking door out of nowhere. No one's thinking about you like that. So when it's like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. No, it's because you're a comic that doesn't go out. That's what it is. So stop trying to blame people because you think that you're supposed to get some kind of special treatment, but then you're like, well, men get, no, they don't. Men don't get spots when it's like that either. It's just a comic thing. Like it really is. And I tell you as a comic. Now, if you want to talk about the fact that there are certain instances where there is discrimination within comedy, yes, most definitely. I can't tell you how many rooms I, as a gay man, get told that the booker will tell me that they're not sure if they can use me because they don't know if I'll go over in their room. Well, I have as many credits as the other comics that you're running as headliners, and I've worked as much, if not more, especially on the road and doing rough rooms, but for some reason you don't think that I can do your room, so what's the reason for that? Because I would be willing to say, when you say you don't think what I do would go over in your room, you mean a gay comic. What a gay comic is going to talk about, which is gay shit. And yes, in my act, I do talk about gay sex sometimes, and I do talk about sucking dick, and I do talk about a finger in the ass. But guess what? People think that shit's funny, especially the way I fucking do it, and I can do a clean set. But even when you're when you're gay, sometimes clean still isn't... Sometimes you're not even considered clean when you don't do jokes about sex and when you don't do just you saying that you're gay is too edgy for the mainstream or uh, conservative audience as far as they see it. Now, I can tell you as a comic that does this shit, it's not. As far as the audience goes, it's not. It's always these bookers that want to be like, well, it's I can't have you because it's just it would be too much for my audience. I don't know that they'd be able to handle it. And you're just supposed to be like, okay, well, I guess that's what it is, you know. I I thank you. I appreciate you looking at my my clip. I appreciate you responding. You know, you're you've got to try to be professional about it. And inside, you're stewing, and you're like, God damn it, yes, this is discrimination. So yes, in a certain way, I do get you, ladies. And when I when women about that that are actually grinding and trying to do as much as possible I'm like yes that is valid but a lot of the bitches that are complaining god damn it I'm not answering Jay Hollingsworth right now um but I love Jay Hollingsworth he's fuck face though if you guys ever see us on what's it called building up steam Jay try not to heckle by calling my phone while I'm doing unbothered and yeah maybe I should have put my ringer on silent or maybe I should turn my phone all the way off but guess what you guys I fucking didn't I fucking didn't so that's where we're at but anyway what I was trying to get at is when certain women complain about this I'm like yes you have a right and a reason to complain like uh, Jill Chrissy just posted on Facebook I saw it right before I started recording my podcast and Jill Chrissy who's been a guest she was a guest on the second episode I believe I love 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 Jill Chrissy she's funny she's smart she's a grinder she gets up as much as possible she's uh She's got a man and she talks about him and she's, if you ask me, she's doing it all and I still, I've always wanted to see great things happen for her and I still want to see great things happen for her. But 
Let's not get into my well-wishing. Let's talk about what we're actually talking about. Jill Chrissy just posted on Facebook a few minutes ago that she, uh, you know, that she sees plenty of posters where they have, you know, no women or not enough women. I don't remember the way she phrased it. And she was like, um, and she was like, I see that shit. But, uh, you know, I don't need you. I'm going to be at two spots tonight. And she's going to be in Pasadena. And she's also going to be on another show. If you guys get a chance, check her out. Jill. J-I-L. One L. Jill. And then Chrissy spelled C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E. But, yes, Jill Chrissy is absolutely hilarious and doing everything she can do. And the fact that she points it out and she notices I'm like, yes, that is completely valid. But sometimes, and I usually keep my mouth shut when it happens, I see these women that'll post like, you know, it just doesn't seem like they book enough women. And it's like, try being around a little more. Because in a lot of cases, the shows that they're trying to call out, I'm like, I know that person. And I know that that person would like to have more women. I know that I've talked about it personally before when I did try to book as many because I want like for me, a good show is if I have as much representation as possible. So if I can have, you know, diversity and and mind you, funny people, but diversity in not only ethnicity, but also in uh, gender. Like I personally like to have both. And I know there's enough funny people to go around. I know this. But the thing is, sometimes the people that you want to book are either booked and sometimes the people that uh, you do book end up hitting you up last minute and they get a better offer. Like, you know, Kate Quigley is one person I think of. She's a really funny girl that really like applied herself and got up as much as possible and has worked her way to headlining quite a bit. And uh, one time I had her booked for a show and she hit me up like the day before and was like, I have to or I got asked to do a charity show at the Laugh Factory, and she was like, I'm going to have to take that. And I know that, you know, at, she was. it was going to be the little bar show that I used to do at Harvell's, you know, um, which was a great show, a great, great show, and it paid something and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure that Laugh Factory benefit probably paid more. So there's not only that. Then there was also the fact that um, I'm, you know, I know that she was going to get to perform with some, like, you know, pretty big names on a Laugh Factory benefit. Jamie Masada can get the best people. He's Jamie Masada. And so, and the Laugh Factory is the Laugh Factory. So when she hit me up with that, it was like, there's no way I can be mad at Kate Quigley for not being able to make it out to this show. And it just as a comic, I have to respect it. I have to understand it. And yes, go, Kate. Do what the fuck you have to do. So then at that point, though, because it's like the day before or whatever, now I'm just scrambling for a comic. So I'm not able to worry about male or female. I'm just scrambling for a funny comic because I don't want to put just anybody. And that's what I don't want. That's what I don't like in comedy. You know, I don't like when people have just for the sake of it. Like, I don't want to get booked just because I'm gay. I mean, like, actually, I'd like to get booked in spite of the fact that I'm gay. I'd like to get booked just for being a funny and a talented person. But, you know, so I'm saying I know it does exist. I know what some people are talking about is true. And sometimes, yeah, you're not the right person to be saying it, but it is true. But at the same time, when you're really riding hard for it and you're trying to make it seem like, you know, you're trying to throw people under the bus and you're trying to take the comedy community to task, it is sort of like, well, you're not really the right person because you don't apply yourself. Now, if you're going to say, you know, I think such and such needs to get more stage time. There was once this girl that put out a list 
And uh, she put it out on Facebook and it was public. And she was like, a list of women that should be getting more stage time or don't end up on enough shows in L.A. And she put out this list. And that was when I was still in L.A., which if anybody knows, I was active, active, active in L.A. And so I was like, yeah, most of the women that she just put in this list aren't going up. They're not even really doing comedy anymore. You know, some of them weren't even in the state anymore. So you're saying that people should give these people spots. Why? Just because they're friends? Because you think they're cool girls? Because they rock as chicks? That's so stupid. And that's not, that's the opposite of the way it wor equality works. It's like, yeah, we're all supposed to be, I wish they would pick from the best of the best, you know? And I've talked about it, like, when it comes to uh, white men, yes. Especially liberal white men, yes. They do get a lot of spots that they shouldn't get just for being what they are and who they are in that way. Not for being comics, not for being funny, just because they're not going to offend anybody. They're white, so they're relatable to the bookers. They'll drink PBRs after the show with the rest of the kids that hang out there. And sometimes, yes, it is very frustrating, so I do get it. But Let's keep it to let's who's talented and let the chips fall where they may. Because I'm sure if you just went off talented and pulled the people that were there just for the sake of it, and that means, yes, yeah, some of the women that get spots just because they're women, pull those people off. Let's just do talent and see where the chips fall. And I guarantee you that you'll have plenty of diversity because there's plenty of funny people in each. But it's just nobody wants to extend themselves. Plus, there's people dividing up into different factions where you've got the alt scene, you've got the urban scene, you've got the Latino comics. Uh, you know, it's it, like the way that they divide it up, it's so like segmented that it's like, no, that of course you're going to end up with shit because you're trying to just continuously pull from this group of people instead of just being like, let's let comedy be comedy. And it doesn't matter what kind of comedy do if, if the audience is going to laugh. Cause I never seen an audience that really cared about that. I've never seen an audience be like, I came here for alt comedy and they ended up having urban acts and I'm not comfortable with black people. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. And you, you know, you want me to really make that point, go to a gay show a specifically gay show, a gay-themed show, and you will notice that there are, there are always straight performers on the gay shows. There always are. Gay people never complain about them unless they say something. Because, you know, there's a guy that not too long ago uh, said some offensive shit about gay people at a gay club, and it was like, yeah, that's not happening. But, yeah, if you're just being funny, if you're trying to make a statement and be insulting you're going to accomplish, or there's a chance you'll accomplish. But if you're just being a comic, just being funny, yes, you're going to do well, and nobody's going to care. So, like, I I get it to a point. So I, But I was trying to explain to this guy, Jimmy, with the IE, that, uh, you know, that, well, because by the time I really noticed him, it was because he kept, um, he kept chiming in on this thread and I eventually commented like I said but like I noticed his com and then so after I comment then he ends up commenting again and uh, but you know on uh the main thread and I just was like you know hey you're really going on at Chris Poutreau about his approach and what you think he might be doing 
wrong. And I'm telling you that the way that you're going out, going at this conversation is wrong. Like, why are you so hot on trying to make whatever point you're making and coming back? And he had done research and I hit people up on private message about this. And it turns out that this is the reputation that your show has. And th- and it was nothing like scandalous. It was just like shit that it's like, yeah, that's being at an L.A. open mic. Like, there's nothing at You're not exposing anything here. It's just... That's being that's the reality of being at open mics. There is waiting around. Sometimes it is a shit show. Sometimes the bookers or the uh the hosts do get a little bit buzzed, you know? Like all of this shit does happen at almost every open mic. You know, even some of the shows sometimes the th- that shit happens and it's just what it is. So, I mean, like, so I tell this guy because I check out his profile just a little bit. And at this point, I'm not mad, but I'm just like, you're just coming at this the wrong way. Like, you're making it seem like you're exposing something or you're you're showing something. And really, all you're doing is patting yourself on the back. Because, you know, at the same time, he's like, I booked this many people. And it's like, you're in Modesto. Like, in my head, I'm thinking, you're in Modesto. You're booking people from a much smaller pool in Modesto and Fresno and those places, which I've done a lot. There's you. Usually plenty of uh, or not enough comics to go around so you're able to pay people and when you're paying people they're more likely to show up so yeah you're not dealing with the same problems because you know I do Modesto and Fresno I used to do those kinds of places all the time because I knew I could run and make some quick money from LA and they would actually pay me to go up there you know and they'll pay for your feature to go up and it won't pay a shitload but it, it works out to you know paying a bill getting you know getting your fucking AT&T covered for the month. So, uh, you know, and it's stage time and you're working with real audience and there's a lot of benefits. So, and like, really, I wasn't even trying to attack this guy at all on a personal level. I was just saying, one, your approach is off and two, you don't know the actual room. Like, you're sounding like somebody and he admitted that he had never been to the room. Well, if you've never been to the room, then how can you be telling this guy what you think he's doing wrong? It's like, I can tell you because I'm looking at you on this thread what you're doing wrong. Because you started off kind of having a point and then it turned into you just kind of wanted to try to expose somebody in some kind of weird internet way that made absolutely no sense. And then, you know, once I talked to him about that, then he came at me about like, you know, um, because I was like, just to give you a little background on who I am, because I don't expect people to just know who I am, you know, even if they're in comedy. Some people don't. And so I was like, you know, would do three to five sets a night. You know, that was my idea of slowing down from when I used to do five to ten spots a night. And that was more possible. And I, you know, and anybody will tell you, even to this day, I'm sure I've probably done more L.A. open mics and shows than any other comic. Maybe that'll change soon because there's a lot of fucking grinders out there. But I was doing that for a lot of fucking years. Even when I was on the road with Joe Coy and whatever else, I'd immediately come home and do as many sets as possible. And that's why so many people got to like me and so many people got to respect me. And I would wait in line like every other comic. But instead, this guy was trying to turn it into like, you know, nobody likes you. Everybody knows you're a drama queen, Ty. And yeah, have I had some drama? Fuck yeah. Do people know me for that? Hell yeah, some people do. But as far as actual comedy goes, as far as being at the spots, anybody will tell you, I will have a shitload of drama in the day. And then at night, I'll put everything away and I'll go back to being a fucking comic and do three to five sets. 
So you can't talk shit about my work ethic and you can't make it seem like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And the other thing people will tell you is very rarely do I ask to jump ahead in line or do I ask to skip ahead. Usually I wait in line like everybody else. I wait for the bucket. If I don't like doing it the way a system works or I don't think a bucket is fair to me, I don't do that, Mike, anymore. You know, but I do make sure that I am as pleasant and as, you know, I'm just another comic. And yeah, I have done some stuff. But my attitude isn't, you're supposed to bow down to me. My attitude is, you're going to treat me like any other comic here. So you're going to give me the same respect that you give any other comic. If it's five minutes, it's five minutes. I don't care if you get offended by shit I say on stage. I'm not talking to you. I'm not insulting you. I'm not offending you. I'm not hurting your audience, you know, or your other comics. I'm just doing my material just like other people are doing their material. So, yes, you are going to treat me like every other comic, and I will make sure you treat me like every other comic. So if if anybody's bothered by that, I'm definitely cool with people like taking issue with that. But the way this guy was coming at it too was he was like, you came to my room at Heroes in Modesto once or Fresno, I think he said, and uh, you were a complete fucking diva. You complained about my audience of 60. I would never complain about an audience of 60. That was the dumbest thing ever. And uh, a Heroes, I remember the name Heroes. I don't remember his fucking punk bitch ass, but I remember Heroes. And Heroes, I fucking rocked that room. And then he was like, um, you complained about the pizza. And I was just like, the pizza, I so rarely fuck with carbs like that. And on a cheat day, I'm not really worried about quality food. I'll eat at fucking truck stops on cheats cheat days so and I doubt he got me on a cheat day you know and he said that I just showed up uh, out of nowhere and that I was a diva and it was like I, I don't ever just show up to Modesto out of nowhere I had to be performing in the area and then he said I complained about him putting me first and it's like if I were to show up anywhere which I know that I did heroes and I have no problem believing most of his story I can tell you the way the story must have went just by the things that he said and again I've done so many spots that of course I don't remember specifically every Every spot that I've done, I've done thousands of spots, and that's no exaggeration. Thousands of spots. So, uh, you know, and Modesto, Fresno, those areas, I've worked those areas a lot. To Larry, uh, what's it called? Clo Clovis, I think it's called. Like that whole area, you know, the Central Valley, that whole. I've just done it a lot. So, um, Bakersfield, so this guy, uh, you know, I. I can tell you the way the story went. Uh, he had me, or somebody took me over there. He said that he would give me stage time. They put me up first as the guest set, which I never have a problem going up first. And I'll tell you guys, I've even complained about this on Unbothered before. What I get tired of is when people don't pay me, I'm not doing a show, and then they have me headline. Because now it's like you want me to sit around all night when really I would like to go up and even if I choose to stay, get on with my evening and not just be there all night and not have to deal with the audience when they're tired when I'm not being paid. If you pay me for that shit, I'll go up whenever you want me to go up. But if I'm not getting paid, yes, I love going up first. So when he was like, you complained about going first, it was like, I would never do that. I mean, at no point in my career have I ever had a problem with going up first. And anybody will tell you, it's one of the things that I love is that a lot of comics at open mics don't want to go up first. So even if they got there first, they won't sign up first. So that'll leave it. So if I want to, I can do the first spot. Well, guess what? I want to. And I always choose that first spot. 
So I was like, yeah, your story doesn't hold water. It doesn't, it's not me. Like what you're saying isn't the way that I conduct myself. So then he says on another part that um, I was, uh, that I literally pulled a do you know who I am, which I've never pulled a do you know who I am. I just told you guys right now that I don't expect people to know who I am when I go places. So why would I pull a do you know who I am? It's it's never been my style to just assume that people know who I am. Like in no situation have I ever felt like people should just know who I am. So this guy is saying that and I'm just like, you just keep lying about me and I don't know why you feel like this is an effective strategy because so many people on the thread know me and he's like, nobody likes you. And he like repeats that, that nobody likes me. And I'm like, yeah, that's not true. We have 300 friends in common on Facebook. And so I take a swatch of just the first like six friends, which you can get in a screen cap, you know, cause I'm doing this as I'm driving. Cause it's a long drive. And Chris Gillespie was asleep in the passenger side. And this is what I do sometimes when I'm bored. And so I take a screenshot of the, just the first group of friends that show up. And it's like Quincy Johnson, uh, Cody Woods, Jake Daniels, Chris Doran. Uh, and I can't remember. There's like two others and they're all, Darren Chase and one that I can't remember and I tagged them and I was like these people you're saying these people that I'm good friends with don't like me and then he was like well they all still work with me you not so much well if they're headlining and I'm headlining then how would we work together like are they supposed to drop down to feature to work with me which like I can tell you that enough of the comics that he listed have actually or like you know that i listed and that was just the first six you know it wasn't my i didn't like scroll through and cherry pick i just took the first that fit on the screenshot of our mutual friends because you know i had to do it quick because i was driving and i do do things in a safe manner but like you know and you know it was that group and i was like in my head i was like in the last year Quincy Johnson has opened for me in uh, at Laughs in Tucson where I, you know, was trying to get him to get bumped up to feature. He wanted to. So like that, we ended up working together. Chris Doran uh, has featured for me several times and like, you know, continues to help me out as much as I help him out. Sometimes he helps me out more. Like we're in such a friendship, me and Chris Doran have been at this so long together that, and working like, you know, as brothers, as friends that like we back and forth help each other. There's not even keeping score or like, you know, you owe me this or you owe me that. I'd say we're pretty even in the amount of shit that we've done for each other. So it's just kind of like, you know, so you're talking about my friend Chris, uh, Jake Daniels. I just did his show less than two months ago when I did the Reno run. I did Jake Daniels show right then. Uh, you know, Cody, Cody Woods is the one that hooked me up with this, this, the, um, the what's it called comedy tour, the brewery comedy tour. Cody is the one that hooked me up with this guy. He recommended me. That was in the last year that I started doing these, in the last six months, really. So, you know, and I talk to Cody on the phone regularly. So it's like all the people that he's mentioning or that, you know, are supposedly hate me. Darren Chase hit me up just not too long ago. Well, I hit him up to ask him about his Mexico trip, which looked amazing because he went to the pyramids and he did uh, uh, um, 
hot air balloon thing. But, you know, it, it looked amazing. But we, like, talked back and forth for a little while. And I told him that I would help him, like, you know, get some stuff figured out in Phoenix if he decided to come visit Phoenix. So it's like you're making things sound a certain way that they're not. And you're making yourself look bad because nothing you're saying fits my personality or my character. Now, people will tell you if I, and you guys know it as ballerinas, if I feel passionate about something, I will go after it. I will argue it. I will make sure that people know it. But as far as me just being a diva out of nowhere for no fucking reason, that doesn't happen. I'm I'm not even known for diva behavior. Like even when I was drinking, the only request I ever had of anybody was water. That's my main thing. I'm just always like, can you make sure that there's bottled water? That's the, and some places I get there and guess what? They don't have bottled water. They have a pitcher of water. What am I going to do? Fucking leave? Like, yeah, um, there's been what other diva shit has a, have I pulled? Oh, I don't share rooms with strangers. That's one thing. Like these where I'm with friends, yes, I will share rooms. But as far as me sharing rooms with strangers, I don't do that. But I don't know a lot of comics that are 16 years in that would share rooms with strangers. And then he was like, you know, you're the mighty Ty Rivera. Shouldn't you just be able to walk into open mics and get on whenever you want to? And that kind of stuff. Like, you know, this is the way he's talking to me. And I was like, yeah, stop putting your perception of me on me. Stop expecting me to live up to what your idea of me is. Like, you're just letting everybody know that you know nothing about L.A. comedy. You didn't know about this room and you don't know about me. And like when I mentioned to him that I remember Heroes and that I absolutely rocked it, he was like, yeah, you did do really well in my room. But and it's like, but stop yourself, bitch, because that's where it needs to stop, because all the other shit you're saying was not true. And then some other bitch like chimes in this girl and she like makes it seem like we're just in some sort of pissing contest or whatever. And I'm like in my head like, no, I was willing to stick to the issues really. But this bitch is angry about I don't know what. And so I just asked her, I was like, how long have you been doing comedy? Because I've never heard of you, you know, because she came in real strong and like right away with the fucked up language. And ladies, if you ever want to know how you set yourself back sometimes, it's talking to men in a way that we don't talk to each other. And it's like, okay, I don't know if you think that this is the way men talk to each other but that's not what this is like what you're doing right now is actually holding you back because it's like yeah it's because you're a bitch that you even get away with talking like this because if you're a man you'd get socked in your fucking face that's what would happen there and yes you can call me a fucking barbarian or a troglodyte or whatever you want to call me for thinking like that but that's the way men fucking think if you ever want to know the inner workings of men and why men respect each other in a lot of cases it's because you know if you test the wrong fucking person you're going to get busted in your fucking mouth and that's what's going to happen that's the way it fucking works when you're a man. And that's what women get excused from in a lot of cases, and deservedly so, because a man shouldn't be beating on a woman. But, yes, bitch, you talking to me like that in the first place shouldn't fucking happen because we don't have the same consequences in mind. So, I was, uh, I, but I still try to keep it to what it's supposed to be with this bitch, right? I'm like, I never heard of you. Uh, you know, let me know a little bit about yourself. How long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing, or, or how long have you been doing, com how long have you been a comic? I've been doing comedy for five years. I never said I was a comic. A comic is something that's in the back, uh, the back pages of the Sunday paper, and I am a comedian. And it's like, bitch, that right there lets me know you're not 
not fucking even serious about anything you're saying right now. You are a joke. And I looked through your pictures and you're a fat bitch. And really, you're lucky I didn't mention that from the beginning. So I didn't mention her being a fat bitch. I'm still trying to keep it just a fucking comedy. But I'm going to be honest. I didn't respect that fat bitch because you're unattractive. You're fat and you shouldn't be talking to people in any way. And that for me goes male or female. If you're going to be in the fucking way, you can at least be beautiful. And that's what I'm going to say as far as that goes. As far as uh, other than that, you should be talking to people with fucking respect. So... And anybody knows, even beautiful people, I'm going to fucking check them. I don't care who you are. I'm fucking checking your ass. But at least beautiful people, it's like, all right, you got my attention. Let me look at your pics. But to make me scroll through your hideous fucking pictures just so I can find ways to fucking clown your fat ass, now that's a fucking punishment and it's uncalled for. But anyway, so I'm still just trying to keep it to comedy with her. She says she's been doing comedy for five years. And I was like, oh, excuse me. I didn't realize I was talking to a seasoned vet here. And, you know, I was just like, she was like, you're not a woman and you have zero to do with this conversation anyway and then she was like this must help you get pussy talking to people like this must really help you get pussy and I was like this just again shows how little you know like I'm a gay man and like you know and so she's trying to talk shit and so finally because you know she keeps saying things that are supposed to be insulting and I was like you're trying really hard to be insulting but the problem is you're not good at it like everything she said sounded like it came out of some like comeback book and I'm not even joking like it was curse words and stuff but it sounded like it came out of some cheesy fucking douchebag comeback book like it was so dumb like the stuff she was saying it was like whoever thought these were good like you must be a terrible comment because you're not good at even putting words together like I could read way better than this you know I'll just read the shit out of your fat ass and that's what I did was I went ahead and I was like oh let me show this bitch what it looks like to get actually fucking get red and so then I started going in on her fat ass and I did start calling her a fat bitch and whatever else and let me say right now I'm almost done with this episode but if you're getting offended about me quote unquote body shaming or talking about fat bitches or whatever the fuck I'm doing right now then it's time for you to fucking unplug and not listen to Unbothered by Ty Rivera because I'm going to say what the fuck I'm going to say especially once I've been nice and tried to excuse this fat bitch from even making making herself call or calling her attention to herself as far as I go. So, uh, yeah, that's just where I'm at with it. So when people get like, you really shouldn't, you shouldn't tell me what I shouldn't be doing. You should worry about your fucking self. If you feel that strong about it, then you don't make fucking fat jokes. All I know is I tried my best to keep it out of that on this bitch. But then once you open up that can of worms, that's just what it is. And that's just where we're at. So I'm trying to be fuck you cool uh and just keep it comedy and i'm just like you know yeah well you know i'm talking about this particular room and this situation and the reason that i ask how long you've been doing comedy isn't to shit on you it's just to say oh okay well that's you might be able to gain something from the perspective of somebody that's been doing it in that city for 15 years the last year i haven't been in comedy or in la but i've definitely still been in stand-up it's just been in phoenix now, you know, in L.A., though, I was on that scene for 15 fucking years. So am I, do you think I don't know how it works as much as I went up? Do you think I don't have any idea? I'm just, I, I, I just did it, but I don't know how it works. I don't, I couldn't give any advice to anybody. How could I give anybody advice? I'm just doing these sets with my, my head up my ass. Meanwhile, any comic that's actually grinding, what the fuck? And I told this chick, I was like, we have seven friends in common. That tells me that you're not doing comedy that much. And then she was like, oh, I don't make my friends off of who has uh, or how many friends I have in common with them. And I'm like, 
No, but it's just a good indication of how long a person's been doing comedy because naturally, if you're a comic, you're going to hang out with comics and that's going to turn into a lot of your Facebook friends will be comics, you know, like because you network with them and that's who you meet first. So you end up having, you know, like uh, if a comic doesn't have like 100, 150 friends in common with me, a lot of times I'm like, they either haven't been doing it long or they really have never been to L.A. You know, they just have their local comic friends. And so, you know, I was just trying to get some perspective so I could maybe give some perspective and maybe help you out and maybe help you understand that it isn't exactly what you're thinking is because God forbid anybody should give you just a little bit of knowledge. Like, you know, no, everything I do is from a condescending point of view. I could never have any kind of pure intentions. I can never be really just trying to help you out or keep you from getting frustrated in a business that is so fucking frustrating that no matter how much you love it, you're going to think about quitting. I don't care how much you love fucking stand-up comedy. You're going to think about quitting. I don't care how gung-ho you are when you first start doing it. There's going to be a point where it's going to test you. There's going to be a point where you're going to think you're making so much traction and getting ahead and doing so many things and you're moving, you're shaking, you're making things happen. And then something's going to happen, like something else will be hot or, you know, like something will happen. The, the tide will change in the industry and suddenly you'll feel like nothing's happening. Nobody's calling you. Things aren't going the way you want them to. And it's going to fucking test you. So yeah, if you're already getting tested five years into that degree, you're already shitting on a person like me that wasn't even originally saying anything mean to you. And really, I like the reason I don't mind body shaming or whatever the fuck else is because none of that shit means anything to me. Like if you've ever seen my friends, if you've ever seen the kind of people I hang out with, they're all over the map in the way that they look and ethnicity and gender and uh, identity, everything. Everything. They're all over the fucking map. So really, I don't care about anything. But yes, I know that it's going to bother you. So if you jump on and you're trying to be really insulting to me, I'll show your fat ass what the fuck insulting looks like. That's what's going to fucking happen there. And that's exactly what I did with this bitch eventually. I got like, you know what? I'm tired. And then she tried to jump on another fucking cross about it and was like, I've been this side. And I do that because that's my terrible British accent because I saw she was from like London or whatever. And she was like, I've been this size forever because uh, when I was very young, I was molested. And it's like, bitch, one has nothing to do with the other. Stop. Save it for your fucking therapist. And that's when people get to see the real side of me because once I decide to go in on you, I don't give a fuck how you try to appeal to my fucking emotions. You're a fucking fat bitch and you needed to watch the way you fucking talk to people. That's the way I felt in that situation. So... Um, end of the story was she ended up blocking me because she couldn't take that fucking fever. Everybody loves to get smart. It's like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's exactly what happened with this bitch. She verbally got punched in the face and she couldn't take it. And, uh, she tried to tell me like, you know, um, you're obviously a gay man past your prime, which like looks is not anything I ever tried to fucking float on in, in my life. There was a point where I made my entire living off of just my looks. And even then I didn't float on it. I knew I had a great fucking personality. Was it very helpful? Hell yes, it's very helpful when people want to pay you just because of the way you look. And that's just what it is. And that's my reality too. But I never put all my eggs in that fucking basket. I never thought that that's all I was. So her telling me that, I'm like, you know, I'm very in touch with my age and whatever else. I was like, you know, because she said this and this was, see, people that are terrible at reading leave themselves open. And she was like, LA isn't so good to, um, 
gay men that have lost their looks. And I was like, I was like, yeah, and it's not good with fat chicks either. Bitch couldn't take it and blocked me right then. It's like, bitch, you're too fucking easy. It turned into her eventually just having to block me because she couldn't take what disrespect felt like. Like a lot of people are really cool disrespecting others. But then once they get disrespected, suddenly they can't handle it. They get shorted out. I think a lot of these people get fooled into believing that they're like somewhat tough or mentally tough online, you know, and then they get hit with because it's so easy with most of these people just to find what they don't like about themselves. I can always tell, you know, just by and it's not always the obvious, you know, sometimes you'll see people and they'll be like, you know, have a little bit extra weight, but it's obvious they're very confident with that. Like, it's like, that's not going to be it. Calling this person a fatty isn't going to get them. I have to be a little bit of a surgeon when it comes to that and be like, okay, let me look at these pictures and figure out what's making that sadness in your eyes. And that's what I do, and that's what I did. And then she tried to, like, take a swipe. Uh, my friend Ashley ended up uh, chiming in at a point, and she noticed that the girl had said something about me after she had blocked me because at a point Ashley had jumped in too, and, uh, which me and Ashley have been friends, and, like, it's the same. Like, we both were on the same side. Like, the guy was just being a creep. That Like, really, it could have been as easy as that guy just needed to know that it's time to stop commenting on different parts of the thread. If you want to comment on your sub-thread that you already started with him, but, like, stop trying to act like you're exposing somebody because there's nothing to expose with Chris Putro. He's just a cool guy that runs an open mic, and so what? if every once in a while he drinks a bit too much at his mic. Who cares? He's running a fucking mic. Leave him alone. Uh, if you don't like it, don't go to the mic. And don't complain, though, about the way he talks online or what he says online. It's offering something to the to the conversation. For the people that wonder sometimes, it's offering something to the conversation. And really, if that girl had been smart, she would have listened to me a little bit and just been like, okay, even if she didn't, in the end, agree with me, just hear me out because I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it longer than the five half-ass years. And I guarantee it's half-ass years she's put in because she's been in L.A. for how many of those years? And she never met me because I was everywhere. So if you never met me, never heard of me, don't know anything about me, you're obviously not really grinding. So... Maybe you could have learned something, but instead you want to argue because you feel like maybe you're going to look good online, which that's not going to translate to spots for you anyway. <sighs> and, you know, that guy, Jimmy, he ended up like realizing that he should just shut up because I proved him a liar in so many ways. There was even a point where like on the thread, he said that I had said, do you know who I am on the thread? And then I screenshotted what he was talking about. And what I said was, I had never heard of the other girl. I was like, I don't know who you are. And I screenshotted that and was like, don't misquote me when we're on the same thread. Like, it only shows that you're a liar. That's all that's going to do. So, uh, yeah, I don't care about anything is what it comes down to. Like, you know, that conversation only happened because I was on a nine-hour drive and there was a point where I was in charge and I had to stay awake and so I'm going to occupy my time that way. But I don't care about these people. I just think it's worth telling you guys a story and making the point and letting you guys see where it is I'm coming from sometimes and the way that people will try to lie to me about me at different points. And it's like, you can't lie to me about me and have me be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that did happen. I would never say, do you know who I am? Could you imagine 
do you know who I am? I've always said, when people say, if you have to say, do you know who I am, there's no point to it because obviously who you are doesn't fucking matter because they don't know who you fucking are. So I would never say that. I've just never been that guy. Anyway, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Um, I love you guys, and I will be posting the way I need to post. I uh, haven't been able to post on YouTube that much just because of the amount of travel we've been doing, but I'll be doing another one tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. This is Wednesday. I'm going to try to get this out by tonight. I love you all, and please, 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 whatever you do, stay unbothered.